Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. Going to look at Excess, the art of Michael Golden. Uh, one of the major influences, I think, on where comics have gone in the last several decades. So it'll be fun to go through here, look at some of his artwork and some of his process. Before we do, I want to say we are starting a new tradition here at Cartoonist Kayfabe, Comic Book Christmas in July. We're going to take some of our doubles, take some of our comps, and go around to these uh, little neighborhood lending libraries and populate them with some comics. And we'd like to have some of the Kayfabers do the same. You see these libraries everywhere. We're constantly trying to get more people to read comics. Let's put some comics. Let's make it easy for people to find some comics. Put them in your local lending library the last Saturday in July. Comic Book Christmas in July. Also, like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell icon next to the subscribe button. You will be notified when we post a new video. And if it's something that you want to add to your collection, it'll give you a leg up on the uh, Kayfabe effect. You'll be the first ones out there looking for that book. And uh, sometimes the stuff we show disappears quickly. Uh, if it's out of print, sometimes it goes up in price quickly. So uh, you want to be on the front end of that search. And finally, let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share our videos with other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow our station, and uh, we appreciate your support and help with that. And now, Ed, let's uh, feast our eyeballs on some beautiful artwork. Let's do it. Off the Batman, you see that there's an introduction by Todd McFarlane, so that just explains the kind of sphere of influence. Uh, the first time I heard Michael Golden's name mentioned would be in interviews with like Rob Liefeld and uh, Todd McFarlane. And once you discover Golden, you kind of you kind of see it. You know these big eyes, absolutely. These these uh, sort of Lots of detail. The difference with Golden is there's there's always a purpose with the lines that he puts down on the paper, and that's the lesson that the image guys like they they forgot that part. They didn't pay too much attention to that part. Yeah, we're gonna see. You know, this is really kind of an overview of his career in terms of the art that's going to be shown. So we're gonna see a lot of that evolution, and you know, a real different approach to making comics that now is common. I think in in terms of illustration and design, but. I don't know who else was doing this kind of work back then. Not at all. Like this is one of my favorite pages, and and something I referenced and I stole from uh, in in, uh, in X Men Grand Design. Whenever the Quinjet is showing up at the X Mansion, because I was always uh, so blown away by his level of thinking when it came to like having the Quinjet come down and having the foliage and stuff blow. Uh, it makes so much sense, you know, and, and that just was real impressive to me. And that is what McFarlane is describing here in, in several paragraphs, that attention to detail, that ability to make a two-dimensional page look 3D and feel real. And uh, that's a lot of some of the process talk that's in here, um, you know, getting into that idea of like knowing how this stuff is, is constructed and not doing it for no reason. Yes. Yeah, I think he has some kind of like a photographic kind of memory or something like like it's it's like a Chaykin was talking about it, man. He has some sort of like could look at something once and then figure it out and just like could could draw anything. He says, this guy right here is so iconic to me. Yeah, you know that skinny neck, that big head, a little Archie Goodwin. Uh, Archie Goodwin meets meets Radar from Mash. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, and this is early Nom study. Uh, one of the books that I most think of with Michael Golden, and it's interesting to see kind of like. As we go through here, almost everything he touched seemed like it might be somebody's favorite of, oh, his, dude. of his work. The, the Nom comics, like I got those independently 
without any knowledge of like fandom or stuff. And and it was just because it was like it's an army book, but like everybody looks kind of fun. Yeah, the yeah. cartoony combined yeah. with like all the vehicles and all the equipment, so realistic that that was one of those rule breaking things for me. Sure, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Some of these like Batman covers that he did, some of my favorite Batman covers. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the stuff whenever I was reading comics, he was doing covers and and they would always be like saturated colors. Magenta yeah. and stuff where he was doing Magentas, all of that. Yeah. And they would just pop. Those Punisher uh, war war zones or or whatever, man, with like all the little Teddy Ruxpins in the background and stuff. I hope we get to see that one here. This is like iconic. Yeah, his 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 Doctor Strange. This is one of those that you know people will talk about as being like their favorite of his. Probably stuff we'll look at at some point. Sure, because uh, I have that issue and it it's impressive. Yeah, it is. And I think I think this is the issue fifty five. He tells a story in here about for various reasons they ended up doing that issue in like two weeks. He's just showing off. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the? Uh... This would be from the uh, TCJ message board days where uh, somebody like on the board just kept kept mentioning that they paid Michael Golden for a commission and just didn't it didn't get generated. I've heard those stories. I don't know if it was on the comics journal. (laughs) Well, this is a very specific one because eventually uh, the the drawing turned up and the guy scanned it and put it in and uh, Golden. It was Doctor Strange. And there was lettering involved, and he misspelled the word virtue. So it said, patience is a viru. (laughs) (laughs) That's a shame. Because then you're just stuck with that. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Poor Michael. Um, There's a few of these things throughout showing, like, process. So you get to see, like, pencils and stuff. And, you know, like, in this case, you can see he's doing digital effects to kind of create that extra depth in these examples. But it gives you a real, uh, a real like, insight in the way he's thinking about the the what he's drawing in terms of what is this actually an image of? How do you represent that depth? Yeah, absolutely, man. Real tight penciler, and and looking at it, it makes me wonder. Like, you know, did did he start off like with a trace of this yellow cab, and then you just gussy it up with your own kind of art because like you know we're looking at just like contour like this is traced off stuff uh there could have been another level of just underdrawing because obviously you don't see any of the construction shit with uh the the hulk so maybe there's like another level that we just haven't seen but that looks like he starts off from real life and then just abstracts it to his purposes yeah it's interesting i don't i I don't know about that if this is like a, a second layer or some kind of composited thing This is cool. He's showing, uh, you know, there's a lot of commentary throughout too. So he's talking about doing these covers and providing examples, uh, you know, thumbnails and trying to make those thumbnails very different Yeah. so that uh, the editors have something to look at and to really choose, you know, like what works and, and what stands out. And it's it's impressive to me, just there's not much here, right? These are just a couple of dynamic poses and yet there's a ton there. Sure. Sure. There's so much to say. Like, like I feel like Ken Stacy kind mm-hmm. of coined this color palette for for uh, Iron Man, and I don't even know where. I, maybe it was a Marvel fanfare or something where I first saw like that application. These um, thumbnails, if you look, they're so they're simple. They're small. I assume they're small. Yeah. Because there's not a ton of detail, but they're so tight. Yeah, I'm imagining that that that's a eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, 
just quartered off. But he allows like that space to keep it exactly the proper dimensions. And like that Hulk image that we were looking at and trying to figure out, you know, see where's the underdrawing? Is that like a, a trace or something? If you look closely at this chosen poses, they're almost exactly what's in that little layout. Yeah, yeah, the poses for sure. But then, you know, he's adding the buildings and stuff. Really good Iron, Iron Man. And again, you get the four examples of uh, what was turned in and, and what he ends up going with. This was an art show opening that he had and, uh, you know, signing prints and stuff at the uh, at the opening. Continuity Studios. Uh, I was going to say, man, there. that character looks familiar. Some great covers for uh, some of those armor issues. Oh, yeah, that's his name. I was like, is that Chrome? Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, long uh, association with Continuity Studios doing Bucky O'Hare there. Oh, yeah. And we'll see some Bucky O'Hare uh, in this book as well. Got to see some Bucky. The detective, my biggest complaint of this book is I could have had a book of just his Batman covers, and I think they're underrepresented mm -hmm. because they're so good. And also, like, black and white, like, they're so good in color. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the black and white, man, because you really appreciate that, that line art. That's true. There's one of your, uh, you know, you get to see more of the drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at the decisions being made. We're seeing some boots. Oh, no, that boot is there. A lot of digital too for this book is like 2007 so you know a guy from a previous generation that's adopting digital techniques sure early on when sure. you know not everybody does that like this is one of my favorite uh -huh. batman covers ever i wish that was a full page just uh, yeah. that a personal like this is one i'm into yeah yeah i mean it's such a complex image like like you got to look at that one big yeah you really do the staircase the perspective the shadows that are being cast and some of the digital stuff that he does it's like going beyond the line art you know mm -hmm. like it's it's really working digital which makes sense i think that a lot of artists once they start experimenting with tools go down the can go down these avenues the difference between the color and the black and white is pretty striking yeah he leaves a lot for the color to to do yeah, and he says, you know, he prefers to do his own coloring. Sure. To him, that's part of the storytelling. A lot of the talk throughout here, especially the process talk, is how much, like, it's all in service of the story. Yeah. I also think it's interesting how they turn line art, and they being anybody that does this, but how you make line art into something that at times almost has, like, a photorealistic kind of quality. That can be really hard. Mm-hmm. Totally. I often criticize contemporary coloring because of how the flat black clashes with the modeled colors. So anytime I see somebody that I think is doing it well, it's something I try to give a little extra study to. Here's another uh, development of your sketches. Yeah, it looks like Wildstorm characters, right? Zillet and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to see his color... Cash on, and checks, baby. On, ...on a metallic skin. Yeah, I'll draw your gold dude. It's this little tiny sketch... All the there's so much detail in it. Mm -hmm. Wonder how big that is. It feels like those those little sketches, those thumbnails, should be large totally. based on the amount of information that's there. And you can see like these are different drawings. Right. You know, this is your much tighter, refined drawing. But all the way back in the back of the crowd, you can see very detailed like suits and everything that the characters are wearing. See, this is one of those ones that yes. I can't. You can never forget once you see it. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's fun. It's playful. It's so meticulous and tight. Yeah, and it's cartoony. Yeah. It's not like this is overly referenced or photo referenced stiff or anything. I think if I were doing the uh, intro to Michael Golden, that would be something that I would, would probably hammer on a lot, is that ability to do this very detailed work that looks real and yet has retains the, the quality of cartoon, fun, liveliness. Because that's what people lose, I think, a lot of times when you get too detailed is it becomes stiff and his work doesn't have that stiff quality. Yeah, yeah, you could tell that, like, you know, Adams would, would be down with this kind of fella. This super early in his career. You could always tell uh, the period by, by his... Uh... His signature. Yeah, that is early. It's um, I think that date is like seventy nine. Looks like. So, oh, so he was even still already making comics at that point. A lot of talk of uh, Micronauts, of course, probably one of the um, early signature books of his. And we have videos on a lot of Michael Golden. Sure. You know, Batman special, Micronauts. I think issue one and artist edition. Oh yeah. <laughs> So definitely, if you want more Michael Golden, you can go through our archives and find uh, quite a few more pieces of his his work and more in-depth looks at some of them. And it's fun to see some of his reflection on these things and what he was trying to go for, like did not want to do superheroes in Micronauts, you know, was looking to do that sci-fi fantasy kind of book. And it shows. I love the scale stuff on this cover. Yeah. That push mower. That's what you need. Like it's called micronauts. Like, yeah, man, get these little guys on top of stuff. Yeah, every chance you get to to emphasize the micro part. Mm -hmm. Micropinus, you know Micropinus. <laughs> Cartoonist kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. Jim Rugg, right now on the stands, has Hulk, Grand Design, Monster, and Madness, where he distills down 60 years of Incredible Hulk lore into two 40-page volumes with an inevitable trade paperback Marvel treasury size book that I got to look at the PDF. It's going to be the book of 2022. Uh, Red Room, Trigger Warnings, issue uh, 1, th 2, 3, and 4 are on the stands. As we speak, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Every issue is completely self-contained. It is banned in more than 28 countries. It is banned in more than 10 comic shops. Also forthcoming is the Trigger Warnings trade paperback coming out, I believe, the same day as the, uh, as the Hulk Grand Design comic, man. So that is going to be an important day in cartoonist kayfabe history. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Looking for a new way to enjoy your favorite comics and manga? Comixology Unlimited has you covered. With Comixology Unlimited, you get an unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, manga, and graphic novels featuring content from over 125 publishers and thousands of independent creators from around the world. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial and then just $5.99 a month afterwards. For details, visit Amazon.com slash Comixology Unlimited. All right. So moving on to like the, the after Micronauts phase is getting into NOM, G.I. Joe. Uh, again, we look at the G.I. Joe artist edition on a previous video. I think we look at the comic book, too, on a previous oh, yeah. video. Yeah, so we, we looked at NOM issue one. We looked at the Marvel Fanfare Spider-Man uh, Hulk issue. Yeah, they talk about that. And it's an amazing story. That that story was mostly done and then put in like an inventory pile that's, for like seven years. That's what all Marvel fanfare is. It's like we, we, we did that Marvel Age 
that issue where it's like a day in the life at Marvel. And you realize that there's that part where they, the editors have to build these contingency plans and, and just have work commissioned. And the people that you would have do that stuff would be these guys that you can't rely on on a monthly basis. So let them take their time or, or noobs, you know, like give a noob an inventory story, or you could have a Michael Golden who's, who's dope as fuck, but he's not going to draw something in, in, in three weeks, uh, have him do something sick. And then just like you, you got, you got, you have, uh, absinthe, you know, you, you have some, some Everclear, you got high octane fuel whenever you want to drop a bomb, whenever there's like the equivalent, equivalent of a sweeps season or something. You drop that on people's heads. Yeah. Nom was the other series that I really got into Golden with. That's and the I first think, thing I've seen. I think sure. a lot of people did. Yeah. Because that book was hot whenever it first came out for a while. He, like, I, you know, obviously, like, the Golden stuff, like, discovered way late. He did about the first 12. He's, he's good for 12 issues. You know, Micronauts, Nom, whatever. Uh, but the cool thing about Nom is, like, he definitely is, like, doing a lot of color mm-hmm. and, yes. and has a big hand in a lot of that stuff. And, and, like, on those covers, there's that one with that little dude, and there's different country flags behind him, and it's all holding lines, you know? It's all serpent and with no black. Like, that's a, that's a technical master. Well, I was looking at this one, right, where it's, like, all your blacks in the foreground, and then as we get into the jungle, it's uh, just line, just the line art. Look at that Doctor Strange. That that detail is just... I don't know how well you can see the cross-hatching on there, but talk about fine lines. Totally. Totally, man. And it makes sense. Those are portfolio pieces. That's cool as fuck, because, I mean, it has the Ditko in it. You know? It has the Ditko in it, but it's golden. Yeah, that's interesting. This is uh, my era of, sure. of uh, childhood reading Michael Golden covers. I'm pretty sure I even had this this issue. And, man, his Ghost Rider. He did several Ghost Rider covers. They were all dynamite. I'm, I'm really looking for that, that Punisher Suicide Run covers, man. I hope, that, I hope those show up in here. Nice to see his pencils. Yeah. Get a couple of samples of that breakdown. Look at how tight this stuff is. There's definitely a layer that we're not seeing. Yeah, I think that's probably true. You're right, though, about the tightness. This is another one of those examples whenever we talk about him being like a huge piece for like image comics guys in that generation. This is what how they would pencil. Like like the Jim Lee, you know, it'd be like all the hatching is there in the pencil. Yeah, the difference is he's penciling at this tight level for his own self. So it becomes even tighter. It's 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 really it's a kind of madness. There are also stories in here, like they're talking about Larry Hama, you know, bringing him in to do the G.I. Joe yearbook. And at the time, Golden was like on what he called a walkabout. He was working on a ranch down in Florida and uh, has these breaks where he just kind of like, you know, leaves comics for a month or two or gets on his bike and, and just heads out west for a month. Another iconic image. Absolutely. This was a style that I really like. It's a pared-down style. I can't remember if we showed it on the channel or not, but there was a uh, holiday Marvel issue where he did oh, yeah. a Wolverine story, and it's kind of in this style. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting to think, like, you go from this or Nom, you know, that hyper-detail, into something like this where you really are describing muscles and form with, like, one line, two lines. 
but not not shortchanging any of the detail. I mean, look at that pencil. It's Jeff Darrow levels of uh, craft right there. Negative space, leaving all that white around. Love it. Fantastic. I like that texture for the thing also. Yeah, as you look at these images, I think that storytelling part really comes through. You know, like, I think of that, because we see a million of uh, Galactus and Silver Surfer in his hands. That's pretty strong. Yeah. There's a lot of body language there on your Silver Surfer. Focusing on the boy, you know, the teenager in, in Spider-Man. Yeah, and the color separates it out, right? So Spider-Man clearly pops. But if you start looking at this background... The rogues gallery, man. Good Lord, the amount of drawing in there. I love these whenever you see the rough little pencils. So, so simple. At this pencil stage, it's almost Kevin Nolan. It is, yeah. Of Kevin Nolan, some of his line work. Yeah, just even that kind of stuff. Like, that's Kevin Nolan type eyes. Yeah, probably some crossover between them and, and Doctor Strange. Snake Pliskin. Look at how this looks in black and white. Like, the amount of detail and shading scales on that snake and how much it's... uh. I don't want to say lost, but man, it's a lot of work for something that's a pretty subtle effect on the color version. It's real surprising that it's on the same piece of paper. Unless it's not. Unless this is yeah, like some Yeah, there might kayfabe. be some digital. You know, that may be a digital piece. Yeah. There was, there was, there was kayfabe in that artist edition. Bucky. Captain Bucky, you here. Your Bucky sketch versus the final piece. It's cool to see that putting it together. We looked at Spartan X. Yeah, we did. And there's some cool stuff in the back of Spartan X, which is like how to draw comics the Michael Golden way, where, again, he's harping on, on the storytelling part of it. Um, but art director at Marvel Comics for, for a stint, so something that he needed to impart to other artists there. This is kind of a chapter on his uh, some of his creations. These should be in color. That's a great image. It's Doraemon. <laughs> what do we got, man? We got Doraemon. We got we got Goku. I don't know who this guy is. Or no, that's not Dor. That's like uh, Totoro. Yeah. I was trying to figure like who our robot is. That could be like a chibi, like a Gundam S. Mm. And then Avengers Annual Ten. First appearance of Rogue. Yeah. We got a video on that issue. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom had that issue, man. Quite a fair amount of coverage on Michael Golden here on the channel. For this digital stuff, it's interesting to me to see how he's mapping out in line work, like these little subtle color gradations. But if you look closely, hopefully that shows up, it's almost like he's drawing the color holds. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very precise artist. And then this is nice walking through uh, the process and with notes is what he's thinking in that process. I like that rough where like the drawings just fade off as they get out of the uh, crop and, area. And yeah, and you see like, okay, the cover will be this. Yes. You know, and I imagine like a piece of tracing paper with the exact proportions and just like moving it around and like, mm, this right here will be the... Yeah, it's like the classic, uh, you know, you make your little viewfinder with your hands and you're <laughs> right. trying to like, oh yeah, it's perfect. 
But again, like so much of this coloring and modeling is going on here, it really changes. Like it's dramatic to go from black and white to the color version. And I think that's why someone like Golden Colors likes to color himself because he's doing so much in that color work. Like it's it's a very different piece. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's there's a he's got a it, not necessarily a palette, but there's like a idea behind his color like there's a lot of saturation like i feel like if i we look at the cmyk files there's a lot of hundred percent of uh various colors man because it is it feels like a lot of ink you know it's not there are there aren't subtle hues it's all it's all bright like sizzling and certainly i mean like i said when i was started reading those covers definitely stood out on the spinner rack definitely and it was probably because of those bright saturated colors the pink Punisher covers, man. I'm telling you. Good Hulk. He's so bulky. Yeah. This is wild, because this is a statue design, right? So it's like, you've got to draw this and like turn around <laughs> so that somebody can figure out how that actually works in, in 3D. Jeez. Too much. Is this fanzine work? Uh, world's Greatest Comic Magazine, number six. But no date, huh? Mm-mm. I don't know about fanzine, but look how much, like, Art Adams is in, like, certain details, like hair. Oh, yeah. You know? Un unapologetic, too. Art Adams, like, absolutely sucks like the, him. the cosmic effect, too. We look at so much cosmic stuff. Looked at Starlin recently. Of course, Kirby, whenever I think of cosmic, is where that all begins. And uh, get another interpretation with Michael Golden's version. Tops cover of the Barbie twins. <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot about those chicks. <laughs> Everybody's saying, like, man, you gotta look at X-Men Annual 7. Like, why doesn't anybody talk about that one? Yeah, that page looks really good. Yeah. I love all that wind stuff. That feels very Art Adams figure-esque. It does, yeah. Proportions there. It's ridiculous as a toy design. <laughs> Look at that armor. And then uh, an index of some of his work. None of the Punisher covers in here. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, you know, like his fans and, and people watching this listing the stuff that maybe isn't in here because yeah. there is a lot of michael golden work out there you know to, to do it in a relatively thin book you're going to miss a lot but like i said curious like what other people gravitate towards because it's almost i think whatever golden you came in contact with that's the stuff you would love special stuff man uh another set of pieces that punisher related uh there was the one annual that was that came out the summer of uh the the crossover was called the Von Strucker Gambit, and uh, that's the Punisher annual that has the G the Jim Lee Nick Fury uh, Punisher preview pages, but sprinkled throughout are maybe three or four or five uh, Michael Golden pinups with with Punisher just doing stuff. Got a gun to a dude's head on a car, and there's a bunch of little stamp bags of heroin that are like getting thrown about. Uh, cyclone fences behind like there's it's 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 so imprinted in my brain these these pinups man I feel like you're sending a bunch of us uh, kayfabers 
out to look at that Punisher annual. Punisher annual? That sounds cool. With the Von Strucker <laughs> gambit. It also has a lot of blood in the regular story by whoever does it, man. It was very impressive to me. One of my favorite uh, <laughs> issues of comics that summer. Might be something I'm looking at at Heroes while this video is playing. <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. Yeah. It, it, Michael Golden will be at Heroes. Yeah, great. I mean, artist whose legacy is very strong in, in uh, Marvel DC Comics, Image Comics these yeah. days. And uh, influence looms large, man. Good to go, Jimmy? Yes. Uh, comic book Christmas in July is going to be the last uh, Saturday in July where we're going to be dropping off a bunch of our uh, comp copies and doubles of comics in the local lending libraries across uh, the city. And we encourage all of you guys to do the same in your various towns because, let's face it, man, we need to inspire more and more people into uh, checking out the medium of comics that we all love and adore, man. It could, it could only help things. Uh, want you to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Jimmy, what do you have out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness, my retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk. I'm writing, penciling, lettering, coloring, all that good stuff in the Grand Design tradition. Pick that up now at your local comic shop while supplies last. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see more of my comic art, my process, and download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue 1, 2, 3, and 4 are on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, every issue is completely self-contained, so if you see any random issues out there in the wild, scoop it up, give it a try. And if you dig it, grab another. Uh, these comics are banned in more than 28 countries and banned in more than 10 comic shops, but you can find those comics uh, at my link tree in the description below to order and pre-order directly from Fantagraphics or hit up my Patreon, uh, which is in the link tree also. There's an archive there of close to 250 pages uh, so far, and I put up new strips every Tuesday. Cost you three bucks to get there. Uh, what else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way, Jim. Read more comics. Make them, too. <laughs>